Um, Lord, I just pray for um, Andrew today as he brings the word. And I just pray that we um, open our ears and our hearts um, to receive the word today that you have for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Naomi. What a good sharing time. Just trying to see you. No, I'm all right. I'm just... Yeah. Whatever. I don't like the lights, yeah. Does that get worse as you get older? Hello. Does. <laughs> I'll be standing down there then. Can I, you don't like me standing down there, do you? All right, thank you. That's much better. If you want to help me preach, always sit near the front because I like to connect with people. Is that all right? It's just who I am. Um, I want to talk about values today. I um, haven't done this, the values of our church. haven't done that for a couple of years. And we have four values um, for our church. And values really kind of help determine who you are. And I've learned this, um, as I've been doing some counseling studies the last few years, I've learned this even more so, how important our values are. Um, because I was in a, in a lecture one night and the lecturer said something that really pricked my ears because, um, I don't know about you, I love to encourage people. Um, but there's been times in my life where I've encouraged people and encouraged people and it hasn't seemed to change anything. But the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So I figure that if you speak life into people, it should bring life to people. Um, but this lecturer said this night that they said something like, it's like you're helping people, but it never makes any difference. She says, it's like there's a hole in the bucket. And it just caught my ear. I said, can you explain that for me? And she said, she's a Christian lecturer, um, but also a doctor in psychology. And she said, it's when people don't have, in a psychology terms, a, a good sense of self. Um, in other words, in my, my kind of terms, they don't know who they are. So when you give them a compliment, they go, oh, well, they're probably just saying that so they can get some money off me later. That's what we do, eh? We just rationalize it away. And therefore, the word of life that could actually bring life and speak power into our lives falls to the ground because we don't come into agreement with it. I am who I am today because, praise God, similar to what Tracy said, um, I had people around me that kept speaking truth to me. And even though at first I didn't accept it, sooner or later I started to accept it and I started to see who I was. Because God, sometimes hard for us to hear, especially in the early part of our journey, and after a while, he sends people to speak into our lives so that hopefully we get it. Does that make sense? Um, so I think the same thing is really important as a church. Um, so a number of years ago, um, I think this is a very healthy church. And that's not because I'm the pastor. I thought that before I come here. Actually, very unusually, the Salvation Army asked Melissa and I to come here. And we had an option because we already had another job with the Salvation Army. That never happens in the Salvation Army. And we said yes because we knew how healthy this church was. And friends, if you don't know me well, I don't like religion. It makes me puke. Religion is when you kind of fake it to make it. It's when you kind of try to get your crap together on the outside, but on the inside it's all messed up. It's inauthentic. It's also the reason I love counselling, because if you don't get authentic as a counsellor or a client, you don't get well. You're just wasting everyone's time and money. So I love authenticity. Jesus said, I am the truth. One of the Greek words for that is reality. It means you can 
Jesus is reality. I reckon that can help your mental health, can't it? Hey? Now, well, it's interesting because one of the reasons, one of the, one of the definitions of mental health is loss of reality. Is it possible that Jesus could bring some answers to our mental health crisis? Don't know, just a thought, just a theory. But I think it's important as a church we know who we are. And so um, this wasn't so hard as a leadership team a number of years ago to do this. We just worked out what do we value along Jetty? What makes this place tick? Um, when I first started coming here, um, I thought it was a Sunday morning service. Um, when we came here as the pastors, I realized it was a relationship. Now, every, every party I ever went to, she's doing it again, um, Val was there. Didn't matter how old the person was or how young the person was, Val was there. Like, how come Val gets to go to everything? Because she builds relationship with everybody. So if anyone's ever going to get invited to anything, it'll be Val. Look at her. She's doing it right now. And so um, Val is part of the DNA of this church because she's been here for years and she's just been who God's created her to be, and that's relationship, relational, isn't it, Val? She doesn't not interested in admin, no, but she is interested in relationship and with Jesus. Does that make sense? I want to talk about two of our values this week, and I'm going to talk about another two of the values next week, okay? Because I don't want to rush it and cram it. I want us to ponder, wrestle, absorb if we can. So the first one is um, acceptance, come as you are. And I love this because if we have it up on the screen, um, the point I made out of that tonight, today, was we don't need to change to meet Jesus. Isn't that refreshing? We don't need to change to meet Jesus. We just come as we are. I love one morning, um, I was outside meeting some guys, some of the guys from Duralong. This is a few years ago. And um, this guy said to me, oh, I've never been to church before. I just want to apologize for wearing my slippers. I have swollen ankles, swollen feet. I have to, can't wear my shoes. And it's so nice to say, hey, mate, I didn't even notice your shoes. And you might notice on our platform, we don't care whether people wear shoes or not. Because we're actually committed to not being religious. Someone actually, I went to visit someone through the week. And they said to me, oh, I love you. You don't care how you look. Um, <laughs> that's what I said. I said, yeah, I was like, I don't know if you noticed last week. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to lose weight. It's not really easy, right? And I said to this guy, you're just calling me fat. Because my shirt, my white shirt keeps coming out because I'm too fat. So I'm not talking about that. I actually would like to lose weight. But I'm talking about not being hung up about it, right? Because when my sister was in, you know, the, we, I grew up in a traditional Salvation Army. They had the brass band and they had the timbrel playing. And I still don't understand why they did that. Um, and, you know, my sister was probably young and there's this junior timbrel brigade, right? And they'd have their uniform and these weird hats. And they're getting into 13, 14. And they had to wear stockings. And the, 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 um, I don't even know why you have stockings either. Um, and they didn't have the... Oh, is that what it is? Um, well, these were those anyway. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you have, different for, you have different shades of stockings. You know, the, the, the normal stockings where you see your legs. I don't understand any of it. But anyway, 
the junior timber leader went mad at the girls because they didn't have all the right shade of stocking on. What a load of crap. And you know what? People left the church because of that. And later on, I'm talking about a bit about grieving the Holy Spirit. You think that grieves the Holy Spirit? You wonder, have you ever been to a church where no one gets saved and no one grows and there's no power, there's just a lot of blah, blah, blah? That's because they've grieved the Holy Spirit in the way they treat people. And it's not okay. And you know what? This is one day God might tell me, right? But I'm fascinated that as a Salvation Army officer, Melissa has never sent me and Melissa to a religious congregation. Because I think it would have been unhealthy for them and for me. Seriously, I would have rocked up to the leadership team or whatever they call themselves and say, if you guys want to do power games, it's you or me, because I don't do fake and I don't do politics and I don't do that rubbish. Because I don't see Jesus doing it, right? You come as you are. Jesus didn't judge people. So he looks up this tree, finds a little guy called Zacchaeus who was ripping people off every day as a tax collector. And he said, hey, Zacchaeus, I love this about Jesus too. He just invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. I'm coming to your place for a feed today. And Zacchaeus didn't have his stuff together. So the good news for you today is you don't have to have your stuff together. Just like Steph said, to come to Jesus. He says, come as you are. You know why? Because he knows we can't get our stuff together without him. If we waited, if he waited till we got our stuff together for us to come, we, we could never come. So we have to come just as we are. As, as messed up as that feels, and it's, it is embarrassing, isn't it? It's, I, I wish I could get my stuff together before I come to Jesus. But I've just worked out I can't. I just need to come to him. The other one is um, the woman at the well. Now, sometimes, oh, I probably shouldn't talk to those people. Rubbish. Jesus talked to this woman who was an outcast. She was living a life that was opposite to what Jesus proclaimed. And he engaged her in a conversation, I believe, full well knowing what he was doing. Full well knowing what he was doing. Um, in the culture of the day, he shouldn't even been talking to her. He was a man. She was a woman. He was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. Everything was messed up about that. And Jesus didn't care because he loves people. He doesn't see the color of their skin. He doesn't see their sexuality. He doesn't see all that rubbish that the world goes on and on about. On and on about. Who's sick of it? Me? He just cuts through all that stuff and loves people. Just loves people. Says, you know what? I love you. You ever been loved well by someone? When I say love, it's the agape love in the Bible. It means love means doing what's best for the other person. That's love. It's not all these other rubbish people talk about. So God loves us in the sense that He's always going to do what's best for you. Right? We can trust it. You ever had a friend like that? They're rare, so you may not have. But I tell you what, when you've been loved like that, you can't help but want to have a relationship with that person. Why do so many people want to have a love relationship with Val? You know what, I've, I've shown Val do grace. I've, I've seen Val do grace. I've seen Val love people when they haven't loved her back. 
when they've treated her poorly and she just keeps loving. Well, see, that's what Jesus does. He says, I love you, just come as you are. Is that all right? Secondly, I love this, and I've mixed them up, right, because we've got to have them in a bit of an order. I didn't like putting the first two together. I wanted to put these two together because I think they fit. And the second one is we also value transformation. This almost sounds contradictory, but what happens is, is my other point up there? Number two. There we go. We tend to change when we have met Jesus. Right? So we don't have to change to come to him. But can I put it this way? It's pretty hard not to once we have met him. And let me put it like this. What happened to me was my desires started to change. I, I just, I started to like different stuff. Um, I was an 80s child, not child, teenager. God bless the 80s. They still can't do music as good as they did in the 80s. And so I'd, I was smoking pot, I was binge drinking, and I was living a party life, right? And being a hypocrite, going to church um, to keep my parents happy, right? That was my life at eight, 17, 18. And God just snuck up to me one day and said, maybe some things can change. I went, oh, okay. And suddenly I didn't want to drink anymore. I actually had some revelations too that I was only going to the nightclubs to be with. It was more about who I was with than what I was doing. And I went, ah. And, I, and even to the point of driving to a nightclub one day to meet my mates one night, and no one was there that I knew. And I was sitting there with the beer going, this is rubbish. Yeah, you get those, ah, why am I doing this? There's a good question. And so my desires started changing. Now, it took a while. And you know what? As soon as I said, okay, God, I'll give this a crack. Things started to fall into place. How interesting. Um, I'd gone to the end of year 12. At the end of year 10, they told me, oh, you don't have to do physics and this and that to be an electrician. You can just do the veggie subjects and you'll be fine. Well, I did the veggie subjects, you know, cruised through year 11 and 12. My favorite subject was lunchtime. Had a really easy time. Went for an interview at the end of year 12 and these um, people I wanted to get an apprenticeship with said, oh, you haven't done physics. I said, the guy told me I didn't have to do physics. I'm at the end of year 12, what do I do? So my only option, I didn't get into uni, which is good because I never would have made it as an electrical engineer. God bless them. And so I went to TAFE, right? And at the end of, it was, it was part way, well, there's a few wake-up calls then. I rolled my, I talked about the other week, I rolled my first car. Um, I nearly got kicked out of TAFE for having a smart mouth. Do you think God was trying to get my attention? Don't you love it how God uses consequence to get our attention? He's not being mean, he just lets us go, lets us fall over and we say, he's going, hey, I can help if you let me, right? I'll never forget um, a night my mates came to church to try and get me to go down the coast with them and my dad went off his brain, he said, we don't go out to the movies on a Sunday night. Now you might think that's a bit religious, right? But dad's heart was in the right place. And when I got home, I thought, I just need to get to bed and get away from dad because he's just, I've set him off. And you know what he said? I'm in there brushing my teeth trying to get to bed. Dad comes in, he goes, you've already wrecked your car. You've already this and that. He said, what's it going to take for, for God to get through to you? He says, a higher authority than me is going to have to deal with you. <laughs> yeah, that night I think Dad got it right. 
Because within a few months, a higher authority than dad did deal with me. And he dealt with me really gently. He just kind of snuck up. And he melted my anger, because I was a very angry young man. And he said, maybe a few things could change. You know what, from that process, the next couple of years, my life changed dramatically. I finished TAFE, and I not only got an apprenticeship, I was offered, I turned down two apprenticeships and two interviews. I don't believe in coincidence, friends. I don't believe in coincidence anymore. So we tend to change when we have met Jesus, if we just let him in. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When we decide to make Jesus our Lord and Saviour, his Spirit comes and lives within us. I know that's a bit creepy, but that's actually what the Bible says. Gives us the desire and the power to live better lives. So not only um, the power to, but the desire to. Um, One commentator says this, to walk in the Spirit first means that the Holy Spirit lives in you. So we talked about that. Second, it means to be open and sensitive to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now what happened that Sunday night in church as I was sitting there as a hypocrite or angry is we started to sing songs and I like to sing. So I just started to sing and my anger melted away. I figured that was God, right? But the next thought in my mind was maybe a few other things could change. I now believe that was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me. I hadn't thought about that for three years. And so it's about, um, I was open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit for the first time in three years. I want to ask you, are you open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Because when Jesus left, he said, you know, he said this to the disciples. If someone said this to me when they were dying or leaving me, I'd be offended. And Jesus said this to the disciples, it's better for you that I go. Now the disciples had hung out with this guy for three years. He spoke amazing things. He drew amazing crowds. He healed people, raised people from the dead. I think they would have liked to stay with him, right? Because the world's scary. And if you find a friend like that, you don't want him to leave. He said, it's better for you that I go. What? You know why he said that? So that he could send the Holy Spirit. So that Jesus didn't just be with the 12 or the 70 or the 120. The Holy Spirit could be with every one of us all across the planet at the same time if we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so second, it means to be open and sensitive to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Third, it means to pattern your life after the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to talk about a few things. I'm just aware of the time, but I just want to touch on a few of these things. Um, you'll notice the other part of that verse, if you can bring it back up somewhere, Galatians 5.16, says, I walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to just talk about this for a while and look at how this works, right? Because we talked about how, you know, Steph said it in her testimony, like, and other people said it, like, God does it, not us. Great, but how does that work? Because I don't know about you, I've still got, things in my life I'd like to change and it's hard I can't change them so how do I cooperate with God so they can change so I can grow so I can not trip over myself occasionally Um, the word flesh there the Greek word for that is a word in English they call it s-a-r-x but it means that 
man is incapable as a sinful human being apart from the unmerited intervention of God's Spirit in his life. In English, what that means is without God, we can't do it. We're too weak. We're actually made, there's a spiritual part of us that was made for relationship with God and to live in connection with him to empower us to do this life well. And when we don't have that connection, we tend to either go around in circles or mess things up or make mistakes. And we kind of go, you ever done this? I've done this. You do something dumb, right? I'm the only one that's done that. Okay. <laughs> and then after you're reflecting on that, you go, why did I do that? It doesn't even make sense. That's because the Bible says without God, we can't get things right. And even when we do, our heart motive isn't pure. Oh, ouch. Right. That's what the word flesh means there, right? It gets worse. In verse 19, it then lines out the acts of the human nature. So this is what our flesh is capable of, just if you're wondering. I didn't put this on the screen, so you can just listen. Sexual immorality. I'll explain these in a minute, some of them. Impurity. Debauchery. I'll explain that maybe. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. This is what we do naturally, right? This is what we're naturally... You ever, that's why I don't look at Facebook because my flesh goes, oh, why do they get that and I don't? Right? Where the Spirit of God says, well, that's great for them. I can celebrate them and I don't have that, but that's okay. See the difference? Envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that's really scary because I really want to inherit the kingdom of God. Right? So where they have the word there, sexual immorality, some translations call that fornication. It's an ancient Greek word, pornea, and it speaks of sexual immorality in a broad sense. Pornea started out meaning the use of a prostitute, but by Paul's day, it was used for a wide variety of sexual sin. Okay, so our human nature just struggles with sexual sin. You probably already know that. Impurity or uncleanness is another broad word referring to sexual impropriety or inappropriateness in general. It should be thought as the opposite of purity. It isn't pure before God then it is unclean. If it isn't pure before God, then it's uncleanness. It covers many sexual sins that are not actual um, acts with other people um, or even interaction with another person. Um, uncleanness also covers impure speech, suggestive speaking filled with double meanings. Isn't that, do you see how God's bar is pretty high? Um, so pornography falls into that category or inappropriate joking. And you're going to go, oh, you, you mean... My, who I am without God is naturally drawn to not towards pornography. That's disappointing. Um, who, I'll tell you, here's, here's a bit of a confession. My flesh really likes Carl Barron. But when I look at the content of what he says, right, it actually falls into impurity. That's disappointing. You know, my flesh really likes Carl Barron. But I know that if I listen to him, I start wanting to talk like him. Interesting, interesting. So should I be listening to Carl Barron? No, that, that's just my conviction. Hey, you've got to work out your own convictions. 
But I'm just saying our human nature is another one. Idolatry is the worship of any God except the Lord God revealed to us by the Bible in the person of Jesus Christ. So idol can be my job or my marriage or my car or my money or whatever. It can be an idol because whatever has first place in my life. I only do a couple more. I'm not going to do them all because it's too discouraging. But you can read them or study them for yourself. Our dissensions. So there's groups, right? The first group of these, this list, this horrible list, the first group is like sensual stuff where our flesh just likes it, you know? Um, the next um, group is really about relational stuff. And so it says dissensions is one of the words there. And it literally means standing apart. See, as Christians, we're not meant to stand apart. Our human nature, if you notice this, and human nature without God just gets into fights and arguments and opinions. And we end up isolated from the world. Do you see that on the news? Everything they say is divisive. Even when they're trying to fight for a good cause, they do it in a divisive way. That's the flesh. We can't help but be divisive out of our flesh. It's just what it is. And that's what those words are explaining. Um, I read the word orgies, but the real word's probably more revelries, and it means unrestrained partying. You ever notice that? When I am doing well in my dieting, right, there's a level of restraint. But I only have to take that first potato chip. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm at the bottom of a really big bag. All right? Unrestrained. And, you know, you, know, you can all say, well, potato chips are innocent. But it's, it's the principle, right? It's that principle of unrestrained partying. If I give my flesh an inch, it will take a thousand miles. And when I get down the thousand miles, I look back and how did I get here? Seriously, how did I get here? So another confession, I think, this is, this is why I'm dwelling on this part today for transformation, because only the Holy Spirit can transform us, right? But I think somewhere in the last three weeks, I lost my peace. I think I did. I don't know what I did. I don't know whether. I, somehow I think I grieved the Holy Spirit, which just means um, the Holy Spirit's meant to be like our bud, right? He's with us. He's in us. But what he does, because he's gentle, and he's a gentleman in many ways, God doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't manipulate us, doesn't try to control us. So when we go, God, I'm going to do this my way, we don't say it like that. We say, oh, well, God, I think I have a better idea than you. We say it very appropriately. Um, the Holy Spirit just takes a step back. Yes. Let me know when you want me. Right. And I think it can be very subtle. How many times, how many people in this congregation have I said at times to you, do not fret, it leads only to evil. You know, I've quoted it to other people. I think that verse was for me. Have you ever made that mistake? That you get a verse and you get, oh, I think this verse is for you, brother. And God's going, no, it's for you. Do not fret. You know, and I'm just, if I reflect back as a kid, I was probably quite anxious. And so then some of the fruit of my flesh is I can get into anxiety and I can start to fret. And the Bible says that leads to evil. Well, for me, in the last few weeks, that's led to feeling no peace, um, too much anxiety, a feeling of overwhelm. But when I am walking with the Spirit, when I am 
Yeah, when I walk by the Spirit, I tend to have a lot of peace. I tend to not feel overwhelmed, and I tend not to be too anxious. Does that make sense? I love the story of a lady called Alison Foster. Alison's gone to be the Lord, so she may be listening, I don't know. Um, but when she came to Jesus, um, she started doing Christian Explain. She worked in our family store. She attended our first, uh, she, she's probably done one week at Christian Explain. She came to church for a friends and neighbors day. She gave her heart to Jesus. Now, Alison was a classic Aussie tough lady, right? So she came up to me after church. She had a little lady, but she was scary. And she got in my face and she goes, well, I've given my heart to God. So I guess I have to come every week, do I? <laughs> and God was so kind to me that day, just dropped some wisdom in my head for Alison because I had none. And he said, well, I said, Alison, how often do you go to the car to fill up your, how often do you go to the petrol station to fill up your car? Oh, she was just at church every week. Not because she was being religious, but because she knew she needed a dose of the ghost every week, the Holy Ghost. Right, And I find when I stop walking in the Spirit, when I stop, if I'm not receiving from God pretty continuously, my flesh starts getting control of my life. And it may look like anxiety. It may look like um, fretting. It may look like feeling overwhelmed. For me, I can go into pessimism. There's a whole bunch of fleshly things there for me that I've overcome. But if I don't walk with the Spirit um, and keep receiving from Him, um, I'm just going to, that old flesh comes back because I've got my flesh until the day I die, sadly. When I get to heaven, it'll be gone. Hallelujah. But right now, there's that battle between the flesh and the spirit that if I don't get enough Holy Ghost fuel every day through the word and prayer and fellowship, through worship every day, um, then I'm going to run rough. I think that's how I want to express transformation. You know, as it says, um, more of God, less of me. More of God, less of me. Transformation. We just believe that you can't walk with Jesus without changing. I, I was feral and I changed. I didn't think I could. I didn't even want to change. Isn't that interesting? And God changed my heart first. He changed my behavior second. This is what I love about Jesus. Some of you have heard me say this before, but I love this. I heard it at a conference many years ago. And this guy was talking on healing and stuff like this. And he said, how come Jesus wasn't the most wounded person that walked the planet? Like emotionally. Because he suffered, he, he was misunderstood, he was rejected. He was, you know, even his own brothers initially rejected him. His own town rejected him. He suffered all kinds of stuff, right, that we, we suffer and often are wounded by. And this guy said, why wasn't Jesus one of the most wounded persons that walked the earth? And his answer was, because he knew who he was. He knew who he was. And you know what? As I've grown to know more of who I am in God, then people talk crap about me. I'm going, you're entitled to your opinion, but I disagree. Because I get my source of who I am from the Lord, from his word, and from his people who... He sent to me that I've learnt to trust, that they love me enough that I can trust their opinion. Please don't listen to the opinion of people who don't know you. They don't know you. 
have no right to speak into your life. You know, don't listen to them. Listen to what God says about you in his word, that you're awesome, that he loves you, that he died for you. If you've given your life to him, he calls you one of his kids. Man, I like the fact my dad is the creator of the universe. You want to mess with me, mess with him. See, that's me on a good day. On a bad day when I'm in my flesh, I'm chucking a pity party, no one cares. See, that's the flesh. But the spirit on a bad day goes, oh, God, this is your problem. I'm just going to get on with my day. And you watch God work it out. You watch God fix it. Come as you are, but if you meet Jesus, you won't stay as you were. Can we remember that? Come as you are. Absolutely, everyone's welcome. But I guarantee you, if you take a risk to meet Jesus, you won't stay as you were. Hallelujah. So I'm going to invite the band up, hey? And um, maybe today, some of the things we want to ponder, if you consider yourself part of this church, I want you to think about whether you're living out these values. Are you genuinely accepting of people? Um, and you know what? Um, it's really easy to judge a book by its cover. I find if you start talking to people, that's the best way to avoid judging people. Just connect with them. Just talk with them. Hey? Just show them some acceptance. So if you consider yourself part of this church today, just think about, am I, am I living out the values of this church? Maybe you don't want to be an accepting person. Well, you can probably find a church somewhere that's not that accepting. Go join that. No, seriously. Because we're an accepting church here. We don't do judgment. And I won't tolerate it. To be honest, I'll come after you. Because... Where can you go in the world today to get acceptance for free? You can't. And you should be able to, get to go to the church to get it. And so I always want this church while I'm here to keep that value. It was here before I came, and it was part of my job and your job to protect that value of acceptance. And, you know, the other thing is we believe in transformation. You know, the best way to encourage other people to transform? It's a bit like we heard today, the testimonies. Just transform yourself. Get into it yourself. Walk in the Spirit. Get into the Word. Allow Jesus, like Tracy was saying, um, God leading us. Oh, Marty, wasn't it? That was a great word this morning, Marty. Hey, what a great word. You know, that when we let Jesus lead, um, we change. And so let Him lead. Let Him change you. And other people go, oh, well, how did you do that? I say, I don't know. I just walked with Jesus. Try that. Is that Okay. Um, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, please give it just some thought. Because he's, I, I just, you know, I, I'm actually, I, I say this. If I can be a Christian, anyone can. Because I'm one of the big, biggest cynics on the planet. Like, I'm not even sure I believe in climate change yet. I'm sorry, just my thing. I'm a, well, that's, sorry, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying I'm cynical, okay? I'm cynical. You tell me something, I go, oh, really? Oh, I don't know, you're just making it up. I'm cynical by nature, right? So if I can be a Christian, anyone can. If God can get through to me, he can get through to anyone. And so if you're not a Christian today, just you know, pray a prayer. Say, Lord, can you show me who you are? Because if you're that good, I'd like to meet you. Just pray a real prayer, authentic and honest like that, and he will show you who he is. And he'll show up in the best way to connect with you. So if you want to come forward and pray at the mercy seat and give your heart to Jesus, you can do that. If you want to just pray in your seats, you can do that. Whatever is helpful for you, is, um, or stand and worship's good too. But this is actually your time. It'll only be probably five minutes or however long God wants. 
um, for us to do business with him this morning. This is your time to do business with him, eh?